1: It's only a serve. It's only a tackle.
0: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata.
1: We are back on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata here. Mike, how are you? I'm
0: doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, nothing too exciting though. How, how are you doing?
1: Good, good. I, I would say a little exciting for the Cincinnati Bengals right now and in, in the football world. Uh, finally, some coaching news. We'll, we'll get to the one that just actually came out before we started recording, Jim Harbaugh, No real surprise going to the Chargers. Um, any thoughts on that, making the AFC West maybe a little interesting going into next year?
0: <laughs> Competent coach kind of uh feels like the opposite of the Staley hire, offensive guy, uh not the young, brilliant mind next genius, etc. I, I I think it's a good hire. I he's won everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it could be competition for kansas city but i don't i don't have too many strong takes on it i think the pairing with herbert is interesting because i yeah. don't think has he i mean like at stanford he had andrew luck but other than that has he had a quarterback with like that level of talent maybe are you, you kaepernick but kaepernick was like a, had a lot of running talent and he could throw a ball far but i don't think he was as put together as herbert Is right now
1: yeah and they're in a position right now when you look at the NFL draft to pick top five I wouldn't be surprised if they take a Malik neighbors one of the star wide receivers because they they've watched that success before with the Cincinnati Bengals I know a lot of people say maybe they'll get an offensive line piece um, but it feels like they're pretty set up um, getting top five pick in this NFL draft so we'll see what Mm -hmm. happens with Jim Harbaugh and and Justin Herbert Uh, I I know I already know the offseason conversation is going to be Will the Chargers win the AFC West? Uh, You know, what's going to happen? So there's a a little bit of competition over there, finally, uh, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs and what they'll be facing. But obviously, it's still a favorite. They're playing on AFC Championship weekend. Uh, We'll get to that in just a moment. But another, the bigger hire, locally, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. I know it's not official, but, you know, they they had a plan all along. They've had a plan for over a year and probably even longer than that. Dan Pitcher is someone who was hired on by Marvin Lewis and Zach Taylor still kept uh, when he took the team over in 2019. And I think that was huge in telling a young offensive mind, uh, moved up the ropes on the coaching staff as assistant and quarterback coach. Now he's the offensive coordinator. The Tennessee Titans made their uh, job of, or uh, the head coaching announcement official with Brian Callahan and about five hours later. Ian Rappaport is is uh, pretty much announcing the Cincinnati Bengals have made their hire internally, or at least agreed with Dan Pitcher to move him to the offensive coordinator. What were some of your uh, uh, thoughts on that?
0: Expected. This was always going to happen. Those are my two thoughts. I yeah. feel like people were talking themselves in these scenarios of like, what if he still goes, and you know, the, he goes with the Raiders. It's like, come on, guys, even with the play calling aspect of that, you think he's gonna go coach Aiden O'Connell over Joe Burrow? I didn't, I never thought so. It feels like a big risk to go be an offensive coordinator for the Raiders or the Saints or whoever with a bad with bad offensive talent in one way or another. I mean, the Saints, I guess there's some stuff there, but still gotta work with a old older Derek mm-hmm. Carr. That's not always exciting. Compared, at least from what we saw last year. So there's a lot of risk there. And what you really don't want, and this was a problem with the Raiders, Dennis Allen fired next year, and you're part of that. And So I, I've always thought with pitcher, yes, if he had to stay a quarterback coach and Brian didn't get a job, he might have been gone. But with Callahan leaving, he was always going to stay because none of the jobs that are open – are enticing or secure this is a very secure job i don't i mean unless pitcher he doesn't even call plays so i was gonna say unless like there's like a big the offense stinks type of thing they're still not gonna blame him and zach taylor has job security despite i think there's a group of fans that wish he didn't (laughs) but yeah i think that this was expected i'm content with the hire I wouldn't say that it was like an amazing hire or anything like that. I think it's a good hire. I think it makes sense. It's uh, they're probably going to backfill everything. This is a team that operates and gives promotional opportunities, internal growth. They try to keep everything internal. They like this staff. So moving a guy up is natural way that this was pretty much always going to go the only way I saw that pitcher wasn't back as the OC is if somebody blew them away in one of these external interviews, like they came in and it's just like, oh my goodness, like this guy, we got to make him the OC. But I'd also, you know, like there's probably some loyalty they feel of like, ah, but pitcher deserves that. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm content with it. I'm happy with it. I don't think anything's really changing on this offense. And I would would have been surprised if it did, even with an external hire, it's, it's Zach's offense.
1: Yeah, um, this is usually when you have your in-house internal guy that you're going to promote. You do um, your interviews that that they have to do for coordinator positions, and you see it with head coaches. And I think Zach Taylor did, um, the Andy Dickerson, the offensive line coach out of Seattle. That's one of his former um, friends in the league and somebody that he's worked with before. And that's one where you put him on the radar, and maybe other teams are saying, oh, Cincinnati's interviewing him. Maybe, maybe we should we should get an interview with him too. As an he was an offensive line coach with the Seattle Seahawks, and I think that's more of just kind of putting your friend on the radar. And the Cincinnati Bengals pretty much knew what they were going to do uh, for Dan Pitcher, and uh, good for him. You know, it, it's somebody who has worked with Joe Burrow, and I think that is the most important thing. Even Jake Browning, what we watched from Jake Browning, we're giving Brian Callahan credit. You should give the quarterback coach credit. Um, what he was able to do during that stretch, and and the offense kind of. Changing a little bit, it's a harder offense when Joe Burrow is out there because that speaks to the talent that Joe Burrow is. And maybe there's a little bit that they can use from what they worked with with Jake Browning, with Joe Burrow going into next year. Um, and, and Dan Pitcher was a part of of all the game planning and things that go behind the scenes leading up to game day. And it's extremely important. So um, good for Dan Pitcher. I'm sure Joe Burrow was ecstatic to to get his guy back, somebody who works and works with Joe Burrow more than anyone. Um, And I think that that's extremely important when it comes to this offense. And, you know, it'll be determined on if they're if they promote from within when it comes to quarterback coach and what happens with that. If Ryan Callahan ends up hiring one of the Bengals offensive staff members to get a higher promotion on his staff, we'll see there. But um, overall, I think it's it's good for the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you're Zach Taylor and you've been here since 2019, you know, outside of the offensive line coach and um, pretty much the entire staff. He's done pretty good keeping everybody here. Um, his coaching tree, tree finally started, which is cr- pretty crazy after two trips to the AFC championship. Uh, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm, okay with it. There was a lot of exhausting talk and it feels like this has been going on for a week and it really was less than 40 hours for the Cincinnati Bengals. But the whole Joe Brady stuff, there's a couple of things I really want to say about that. I'm so glad we don't have to bring it up again. Joe Brady was probably never going to leave the Buffalo Bills. No. And – why would he just come to Cincinnati? Because, oh, yeah, it was really cool at LSU with Joe Burrow and that connection. I'm not saying Joe Brady won't be a great offensive mind and the NFL continue to be that way. Maybe get a head coaching job in a couple of years if he continues to work with Josh Allen. Uh, but we got to pump the brakes on what we, we saw from the 2019 LSU team to what the Cincinnati Bengals feel they have in Dan Pitcher. Dan Pitcher was getting offensive coordinator interviews around the league for a reason. He didn't get on the plane. He canceled all of them and stayed in Cincinnati. And I think all of that is really telling.
0: I agree. Yeah. Um, Joe Brady staying the Bills offensive coordinator. Talk about interim this, that. The only interview he's taken was for a head coaching job. Yeah. He hasn't taken interviews for offensive coordinator positions. That's all you need to know. He, if he's if he's an offensive coordinator, he's staying in Buffalo. Why? Because he has job security. Because he's calling the plays. It's going to be his offense, and he's with an elite quarterback. So it's going to be a good offense. Not coming back, not this year at least. I I, I mean. <laughs> So I guess the next way that Joe Brady could be here if you are just a Joe Brady fanatic or there are LSU fans that became Bengals fans and they want more LSU players and coaches and everything on the team is next year, the bills implode. uh, Sean McDermott is fired and Dan pitcher. takes a job elsewhere as a head coach. And then maybe you could talk, but as it stands going into this search, it was like, this search was, is, it was always going to be Dan pitcher. I, I was like 98% sure. Like I would have been shocked if Dan pitcher was not the head co- or it was not the offensive coordinator of the Cincinnati Bengals after Brian Kelly took that head coaching job. It's just, that's just how this goes. This, this is how it was always going to be. You don't need to try to talk yourself into all these other players or try to convince yourself, hope, cope, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. The reality was always this, and now I think we can move on.
1: Yeah, and moving on, Dan Pitcher, it's going to be officially official, probably tomorrow, the Cincinnati Bengals will, will put it out there. Uh, being Ian Rappaport, and pretty much every single Bengals media member said their sources can confirm that Dan Pitcher will be the new offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. There's a couple of things I want to take away from this before we move on to preview prediction for championship weekend. When you think about this Bengals offense and some of the things that we started to see um, over the last few weeks with Jake Brown, and we've talked plenty of what that looked like without Joe Burrow, but Zach Taylor also talked about going under center stuff um, when he was talking to Dave Lapham just a couple of days ago. Is there any takeaways of of some things that you can kind of sprinkle into this offense, and some things that are just going to stay the same, and actually should, because the offense was playing like a top five offense with a healthy Joe Burrow?
0: Um. So, I would say so. So, in the interview, he basically said like that was essentially going to be our offense when Burrow was healthy. You could see when Burrow was healthy, and I pretty much agree with that. Mm -hmm. I would like. It's not like a wholesale change in philosophy or anything. I think they should find a way to be able to get heavy and to be useful. Heavy now, they didn't do that almost at all, and that's the past couple of years. And that's mostly because you have T, Tyler, and Chase. It's like, why would you? But now, with Tyler most likely gone, T is probably staying you could get to two wide receiver things and be a little bit more multiple. Like you don't always need to be 11. Now you could, I think one of the easiest investments in the NFL over the past five plus years has been a fullback. Like the best fullback in the draft last year was an undrafted free agent that Dallas picked up. You could waste a seventh round pick on that. Like those are mostly special teamers anyway, and then find whoever the best fullback in this draft is and get that guy. I don't know if there's actually a fullback in this draft or a good one or anything, or maybe you just have to get a really big running back and try to beef him up. I don't know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's like an easy investment because you just have to be able to run the ball more efficiently and effectively for, and they're giving you good looks. So you have the opportunity to do it. I think tight end is at a premium value right now. If they want to try to go 12 personnel two tight ends and have two guys that can block, I think that's also an answer. I think it's a harder answer to get to. Finding one tight end, like a Noah Fant or somebody well, if Bowers falls or something, or uh, or whatever, Dalton Schultz, like one of these guys that's like a solid, competent tight end at the very least, and then finding and then just using Drew Sample as your blocking tight end that can work with him or maybe Hudson's back and you could try that. They just last year and the year before, they didn't really have a, have the ability to go heavy. I think that'd be important. The Chiefs just spent a bunch of time in 12 and 13 personnel against the Bills. The Bills have ways to get to 12 and 21 personnel so that they're two wide receivers and they have a fullback. They have a, obviously have the pair of tight ends 49ers. They run everything through 21 personnel. Like that's their death lineup with use check as the fullback so you're looking like all of these teams and the lions too, they can get heavy and run the ball. So like you look at all these teams, like they have ways to get heavy every team that's in the finals. So maybe the Bengals should also find a way to be able to get there. It doesn't mean you're going to run every play from the eye formation or whatever, but the ability to do that when you need to, or to sprinkle it in, I think that's important. I think that the ability to run the ball effectively and efficiently like that makes things easy. And that would also for me be kind of cutting out a little bit of the RPO stuff too, just because Burrow loves throwing those. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can get related into that throw a little bit. Cause the throw has to be in like one, one and a half seconds. The Ravens did this cool thing, but when they had mm-hmm. a stack on the right side, the Ravens would send that guy on a blitz. Burrow would think, Oh, let me throw it to the blitzer. But Kyle Hamilton would be sprinting over there because they knew exactly what they're going to do. And you can't be that predictive and, Give up on your runs just because of the look that they gave you. That they're actually, it's like a fake type of look. You want to be able to run the ball and run, like run at runs, just hand this off, turn the brain off, Joe, and just hand this ball off type of things to go with some of that. I think they're at their heart still spread team, but just the ability to get heavy, get big, and pound the football, I think would be important. So that would be what I would do on offense as like anything I would change.
1: Yeah. We'll see what happens. A huge offseason for the Cincinnati Bengals free agency. I still feel like they're going to franchise tag T. Higgins. We'll hear about all of that. What that looks like for them going forward. Plenty of offseason talk, but we'll go ahead and get to it next. Championship weekend preview predictions on it's always game day in Cincinnati. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast,
0: lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America
1: and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Let's start with the NFC Championship side. I'm flip-flopping it because it's actually going to be Ravens and Kansas City at three, but I want to start with the game on the NFC side. Lions and 49ers, what do you think is going to happen?
0: I hope the Lions win. That'd be cool, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they've got the Bengals vibes uh, from 2021. I still love Penny Sewell. I know some people develop the rival hatred of him the second oh, no. that the Bengals went the other way. Oh, it's, it's out there. Come on. when In the rookie years, like their rookie years, if Penny Sewell gave up anything close to a sack, it was, oh, my God, did we make the right pick type of thing. It's just stupid. And I think there's still Lions fans that do the opposite, too. Like if Chase drops the ball, they're like, yeah, maybe they should have gone Penny, our guy like, shut up, guys. Like, these are two all-pro talents. Who cares at this point? So I still like him a lot. Loved him when he was coming out. Thought he was going to be awesome. He's been awesome. Even been awesome that he flipped to right tackle, which is kind of crazy to still maintain that level of excellence and flip sides like that. But unique player. Uh, loved last week that they – they're opening script was almost like all the run plays were just run right at Penesawol. Like they're all designed to work off of his blocks and they executed, got a touchdown out of it. It's cool. But I know in my brain that I feel like the 49ers are winning this game. It's yeah. just at home. I think they're the better team. The Debo stuff is interesting. I, I haven't seen the latest, but I mean, I kind of assume he plays. Just what yeah. else are you were you holding back for, you know, like you're not trying to stay healthy the rest of the season. This could be the season. So I think a lot of these guys that are like that, if they can get out there. If they can walk, they'll be out there. So I think the 49ers win. I think it's been a great run for the lions. I would not be shocked if the lions can pull it out, but I would be surprised if that makes sense. Like I, I, I think the 49ers win by one score.
1: All right. You know, when I think of that game, I, I agree. The Debo thing is something to definitely watch out for. I want him to play and and maybe the Niners will have enough talent. They have plenty of talent, honestly, offensively, and he'll be good for the Super Bowl. But I am definitely going the 49ers, too. I like their defense better, and I think that the Lions defense will give up explosive plays. And I know Brock Purdy's dealing with a lot of um, criticism right now on social media and just – This past game, I think he'll do enough to win this game. I think their defense will get pressure on Jared Goff and they'll be able to to get on to the Super Bowl. I think it's actually going to be a better game for the 49ers than what we saw in the Green Bay Packers game because I think at times I would have thought the Packers had plenty of opportunities to run away with the game and and maybe win by more than one score. So I'll go Niners 24, Lions 20. Still a close game. Hopefully it is a close game on, on championship weekend. But I, I think the 49ers are finally going to get back to the Super Bowl because it's been a, a couple years of just championship weekend and, and people thinking, hmm, can they get there? Can they get over the hump? Will they get to the Super Bowl? It was a matchup that I wanted for the Cincinnati Bengals over the last couple years, and we're not going to get it. Um, but, yeah, I think the Niners will be there. And to be determined if they'll be able to to beat the AFC winner, We'll go ahead and get to it next, preview predictions on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. learn more at marines.com but we'll flip over to the AFC side right now the Baltimore Ravens heavy favorite the best team left in the playoffs I think we can agree um they've obviously I, I, it's easy to compare what they did to the 49ers towards the end of the season but I, I think the Baltimore Ravens talent on offense and an under under underrated defense still not talked about enough and the Kansas City Chiefs even though they're getting going on offense I'm going to go, I'll go ahead and get my prediction. I, I think Baltimore's going to win. And I don't even think it's going to be that close. Um, I, I know, I know, absolutely crazy. Because all week I thought to myself, there are ways for the Kansas City Chiefs offense to do enough. And their defense has been solid for them most of the season, even when the offense struggled. Rice is, is somebody who I think Patrick Mahomes should count on as his wide receiver number one, keep going to him. Yes, you have Travis Kelsey, and he's still going to be a huge part of this offense, if not the number one target, but continue to utilize him um, in the wide receiver room. Pacheco looks like he's going to go, which is good news for them. I think offensive line, you you look at the interior play, are they going to be dealing with injuries against a really aggressive Baltimore Ravens defense? What does that look like? Is Patrick Mahomes going to be running for his life? Uh, When he does have a poor offensive line, he, he he can struggle at times. We'll, we'll see what it looks like against this really tough defense. I think the matchup is the Baltimore Ravens defense versus the Kansas City Chiefs offense, and that's what I'm looking for. I know you could flip-flop it and say, what about this young Kansas City Chiefs defense who has seen success, won a Lombardi last year, against Lamar Jackson, who has been dealing with the Blitz. He actually saw some success against it, against the Houston Texans, and that is something where I felt like you can win games if you put pressure on Lamar Jackson, and he, he beat it. So we'll see what that looks like, but for me personally, I think Baltimore's going to win 35 21.
0: Okay. Uh this game's interesting to me because the Chiefs offense, despite what we thought about it all regular season, kind of flipped the switch. They did. They just they did the thing that it was like, I don't know if they could just flip a switch and become a good offense. Kind of, kind of have, <laughs> they were really good mm-hmm. against Buffalo. And they were really good. Wow. Well, the, yeah, they, they were good against Miami. I was trying to re- remember that game that well, but that was more about Tua not playing well. <laughs> against Buffalo, they were really good. They were extremely good against Buffalo. And there, Buffalo had no answers. Buffalo was also more injured though. Mm-hmm. I... I find this game interesting. I think this game will be closer than the other one. So, I think we disagree a little bit there. I uh, I do think at the end of the day I'm I'm picking the same team as you, but I see a path to Kansas City winning and it's you know they can't they can't have the same screw-ups they did against Buffalo. I think Baltimore would take advantage of that and not run a fake punt. Well, the fake punt idea, I think, was okay. I didn't really like the plan they had, and I also didn't really like their execution of that plan because. Poor Demar. Had... People were angry. It was Demar's fault. Like he didn't call that play.
1: Didn't <laughs> he? Didn't did but poor Demar. He was the guy. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um I. <sighs> so like the one thing that worries me is just Andy Reid. Sometimes just has these. Galaxy Brain, like he came up with the play at a Wendy's uh, truck stop on uh, Napkin. And the time he decides to pull that play out yeah. is like third and goal in a tied game in the fourth quarter. It's like when he decides to go full Galaxy Brain on this. I'm thinking of the Michael Hardman play. Where he's just like, what are we doing here? Like, don't give me Cole the ball. <laughs> he shouldn't be on the field.
1: He should not uh, get the ball in the AFC championship game.
0: I don't know how that they keep finding different wide receivers that are like the most terrifying person to put the ball in their hands to both teams, not just <laughs> to the other team, to both teams. When Meikle Hartman and Kadarius Tony have the ball in their hands, it's like, I feel like chiefs fans are yelling, go down, <laughs> like stop running. Yeah but um yeah some of that stuff gets pulled out late i think he doesn't always stick with the run as well as he could mm-hmm. that's why i also think in 2021 the Bengals were able to pull that game out because they were given such light boxes in case he wasn't running they still decided to throw into it so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting i want to see this andy reed versus mike mcdonald battle think that's huge but i do think that spags is an underrated defensive coordinator i would really i think i would give spags the upper hand on that side of the ball in terms of coaching but i don't know about in terms of talent just when you have lamar and i've you've got a pretty good offensive line you've got some weapons that can work i really liked isaiah likely when he came out and this is Sad to see the breakout on a team I don't prefer, but maybe, maybe that's the Bengals' one-year rental in a few years. <laughs> no, you'll probably get more than that. But um, I think that's interesting. I think that part is interesting because I feel like it's probably similar talent on paper other than the quarterback for the Ravens is awesome. But I feel like you got Chris Jones, you've got some interesting pieces on this Chiefs defense, and I think you've got a great coach. I wouldn't be that surprised if they could hold their own on that side of the ball, but yeah, to me, this is a pretty even battle. I'm giving really? it to the Ravens. Yeah, I think so. I could be way wrong. Maybe the Ravens just stop them, but I just, I think the chiefs flipped a switch on offense. And even if it's not as good as it was last week, because they're playing a better defense and a healthier defense, I still think it'll be better than we saw in the regular season. I think part yeah. of, What's in our brains is how bad that Chiefs offense was in the regular season. I always keep thinking of like, man, that Chiefs offense stunk. And you think of – not you. Yeah, I know you didn't play fantasy this year. But maybe you're thinking of like, man, Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or whoever, they stunk in fantasy. Like, And I tried to watch that offense. Travis and it Kelsey. Was bad. Yeah, I know. I had him in the championship game. <sighs> I <You> lost.
1: <laughs> know, but even Travis Kelsey, even though he was wide open every single time, I felt like Patrick Mahomes was throwing to him. He's, he's a weapon. He's a huge yeah, weapon. Yeah, for game. sure.
0: He's turned it on in the playoffs. Yeah, And I think a lot of those guys have. Mahomes has been better in the playoffs. Kelsey's been better in the playoffs. Rice keeps ascending.
1: They're going to get we'll, another receiver yeah. this offseason, and they're
0: going to be. They it. have to, right? Like, that's, that's why you, one big reason you can't let T go to free agency is, like, I know a team that's going to be real interested. Uh, I don't think
1: they, they would pay him. I don't think that they would pay him. I think they'll draft one. This class is loaded. They could stay where they're, they're at.
0: they're really late.
1: Yeah, true. True, 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 um, but I, I agree with. There's so many things, and 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 maybe I'm trying to do like a reverse jinx here because I want the Chiefs to win this game uh, more than I want the Baltimore Ravens to win it. But at the same I'm time, I'm over
0: for good football. I mean, this I know, is I know, team meteor of like I don't like either of these teams very much. I guess if I did pick one, I would pick the Chiefs, but I, I'm not going to be sitting there like mad if the Chiefs lose. Or if the Ravens w- or whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. I just want to see a good football game. And that's oh, kind of yeah. where I was last week with with the Bills and Chiefs. It's like just play a good game.
1: Yeah. There's um yeah, there's so many ways to look at it, honestly, if you think about it. And I I think that if the Baltimore Ravens do move on and they play the 49ers. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a repeat performance. It kind of when it rained it poured against Brock Purdy when the Baltimore Ravens were were playing him and credit to the Baltimore Ravens for winning that game um on the road and and or maybe it was at home. I cannot remember if it was in Santa Clara. I've got
0: I'm looking it up.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to uh forget that moment, but uh but it was obviously, you know, a domination. It was on the road. A domination by the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So for me personally, I think Harbaugh can have those moments that you mentioned about Andy Reid, too, in games. We've watched that plenty of times. It
0: was in Santa Clara. In, in Santa Clara. Years. It was
1: in and they, and they demolished him. I think there's a difference when you play the Baltimore Ravens. And, and I've mentioned it before. You get a certain amount of possessions. It's not a lot of back and forth. You're only going to get so many. And I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback to take advantage of those moments. It's going to be a very tough defense. They're going to be playing on the road. Not that that's a huge deal because they played well on the road all season long, but it's not an AFC championship game at Arrowhead. It's going to be crazy atmosphere. Um, I I just think the Baltimore Ravens defense can can give him enough pressure, even though I do think that the Kansas City offense has looked 20 times different the last few weeks than what we we saw most of the season. So, for me, and maybe maybe it's closer, but I don't know. I just feel if if the Baltimore Ravens didn't have the third quarter they did against the Houston Texans, I probably would feel a little bit different going into this game. But they just freaking flipped the switch at halftime and I I think that they can they can do it. I I'm hoping we don't get a blowout Super Bowl or anything like that and it's a better game, but just for this AFC Championship game alone, I think they're going to do enough and another AFC North team knocking Kansas city chiefs out during championship weekend. We'll see if it happens, but, um, but no, I mean, I guess I'm hoping it's a close game. I'm going to sit here and watch six, seven hours of football. Um, The lions game 49ers game. I don't feel like that's going to be super close. So yeah. that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah. It's always possible. Divisional round is better than the conference championship round. I do think, I mean, I think the games will be good. Should it be
1: 23 20? Because that's what the last two years of the AFC Championship game was.
0: Wasn't it 26 23? Oh, you're right.
1: You're right. 26 yeah. 23. Sorry. It's, it's always a three point game. That's what it is. Yeah. Every time.
0: I think this game will be good, but we will see. I think it's whoever doesn't make the mistake, whoever doesn't turn the ball over. And whether that's the Chiefs or. I do think that Joe Tooney sounds like he's unlikely to play mm-hmm. with the Peck. This could be a Justin Matabike pay pay me game (laughs) where he dominates the Chiefs interior and then is like, I'm not asking for I'm not asking to be highly paid. I'm asking to be maybe the highest or like, you know, like one of those type of situations where you you show up in the big moment like that. I feel like the the pay increase is like at least 50 percent from where it was.
1: Or you could flip it, and it could be Deja Vu, Chris Jones, pay me game.
0: Yeah, he had that. Oh. <laughs> but he didn't get paid, I guess. So he had the game, and then they're, they're, they haven't paid him.
1: Yeah, so. this is – um. it could be another Chris Jones try to pay me game. Uh, could be determined what his future looks like if he's coming back to Kansas City or not. But, yeah, I mean, I'm glad Pacheco's going to play. I think that was going to be absolutely huge uh, for this game. And, and will they be able to run the ball? I do not know. Uh, we'll see what it looks like. But I feel like there's going to be – I think Patrick Mahomes will definitely throw an interception, even though I think he's turned it up over the last few weeks. I truly do. Even though Lamar Jackson, if you go back to that game from last week, he had two dropped interceptions. And it's so annoying in the red zone. Um, if you're the Houston Texans, which could they could have taken advantage of, but they just – But if that game was just – they C.J. Stroud just looked a little lost. In the second half, so yeah, okay,
0: well, what so you think Mahomes is for sure finally throwing an yeah. interception?
1: Yeah. yeah, for sure throwing an interception. I, ju- I, I think that defense is is something that he hasn't seen this year. Well, yeah, obviously hasn't, but it's it's just gonna be the talent wise of what what he'll see. You and- do know
0: in, in five games, five conference championships, he's thrown two interceptions, and mm-hmm. they happen in the same game.
1: Uh, let me guess, the game uh, B.J. Hill and uh, Von, yeah. Von Bell.
0: Yeah, yeah, those are the only two interceptions he's ever thrown in a conference championship game.
1: Man, can I go back to that moment just a little bit before we wrap this up? Because I, I, we are, you know, it's been a down season for the Cincinnati Bengals. Can we go back to that first AFC Championship game? If obviously it was insane, and I still can't believe it was like a movie for everything that happened in that game. But let's talk about the second half when the Cincinnati Bengals ended up coming back and Joe Burrow was on that drive. The mic'd up is amazing. I still watch it sometimes when he was like, when we, when we score, we're going for two and Jamar Chase was like, I love that. I love that. Let's go. They get the two point conversion, Trent Taylor, a Cincinnati legend forever. But when they were going to overtime and you're not, not even when they were going to overtime, when the Patrick Mahomes was in the red zone to try to get the touchdown and at one point lost the ball. And I thought Sam Hubbard was going to jump on it. But did you hear Tony Romo tell him you should let him score? Do you remember that moment? The Cincinnati yeah. Bengals should let, should let Kansas City Chiefs score. What did you think during that moment?
0: Uh, I, I, the only reason, I mean, like, I didn't agree. But it was a lot of, uh, I feel like the, they he was not the only person with that opinion. I feel like I remember seeing plenty of people with that opinion about, like, let them score and try to go get a score back. Like, let them. Take the lead, I guess, because yeah. it's inevitable. I I just didn't agree because they did a good job on defense in that game before yeah. that moment, and mm-hmm. but I got the idea. Like I, I think that's one of the things people really hate about Tony Romo, and I, I feel it. Like yeah. it does sound, you know, like he doesn't trust your defense to hold Mahomes. Just let him score and go try to score back to win this game, yeah. but. I remember seeing multiple people saying that. that and was wild. Yeah. I and, don't know. The idea being like, don't waste time, like use all the time you have to try to score the other way. Yeah. I just yeah. In my mind I was like, I'm even remembering right before the half that they didn't let them score. And that was big. No. And they've been a great defense, other than this drive in this game. So to me, I I, I didn't agree with it, but I understood the idea.
1: I think, uh, and then when they went to overtime, and Kansas City got the ball in my head, I'm like, "Game's over. They just lost." Nah. You didn't think that?
0: Not that they lost. No. I
1: thought it was over. I'm like, their that gonna- was so good; they did not give up a touchdown. They were going
0: drive, and you just thinking they're going to give one up on this opening
1: drive? No, I was not feeling all kinds of emotions during that game because at one point I thought they were going to lose by 30 points. And oh, this, for sure
0: at halftime.
1: I was like thirty points. I opened up a bottle of wine and I was like I'm gonna need wine the rest of the way. Um, uh, but I mm-hmm. but when they went to overtime, I, I thought that it's crazy because I think uh I you could correct me if I'm wrong and we'll wrap this up. But I thought Eli Apple was gonna have the pick six and and run it back on the first throw, and then they ended up getting the interception on the second throw from
0: Patrick. uh Eli dropped a pick, I think, on that first so what first down I think was like a run or something. Didn't yeah. really matter in this Second down, I believe, was the pick was uh, Eli Apple in cover two. He jumps it. He gets both hands on the ball. It would have been a pick six, and it would have been insane. Twitter would have melted. It would have just, you know, we wouldn't have needed it to slowly kill itself. It would have died on that day if Eli Apple was able to return that for a touchdown and win the game for the Bengals. But he dropped it. I feel like he had that in his head, too, sadly.
1: He did. So
0: then they get their third chance, and – Really, I mean, I know Von Bell makes the play. He catches the ball, everything. What That was such an insane play from Jesse Bates to get over the top of that.
1: And no little no little, call, you know, no, no. It wasn't an interference, but for him to do it without interfering.
0: Clean pass breakup, getting all the way outside the numbers. It was a really awesome play from a safety to break that up. And uh, what I thought always thought was the funniest thing was Jesse Bates, after breaking that up, he is like waving incomplete, like all happy. He didn't know Bell caught it. At least right away. So he is like trying to like do the defensive back like that motion, really incomplete. No, no, the incomplete pass and like strutting on the that sideline exactly. before he realized that Bell caught it and they're returning the ball right now.
1: T. Higgins in that game too. There's so many players. That that was just an incredible game. I still look back on that. And even the game from, from last year, um, opportunities to come back and win that. But yeah, Bummer Cincinnati's not playing in it this weekend versus Kansas City. But credit to Kansas City. Um, you know, they're they're there for a reason. They're there six years in a row, which is absolutely insane. Um, they're they're a tough beat. We'll see what happens. I have the Baltimore Ravens and the 49ers facing each other again in the Super Bowl. We'll see what that looks like. You have the 49ers and you have the Ravens too. Just yeah, I went the
0: same, same way as you. Freedom. Last week didn't work when I, when I suddenly made the last second flip away from my head. <laughs>
1: All right, you'll you'll stay with it. We'll see. and I'm sure a lot of people are are picking the same matchup, and it should be a good Super Bowl mm-hmm. if it is that matchup. So make sure you check out plenty of work. You have a linebackers' piece. I know it is out now over on all Bengals. Check that out. some linebacker struggles this year, and I think a lot of Bengals fans love interest in that. Go follow Mike on Twitter, Bengals underscore stands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson on Twitter. Thank you for listening to It's always Game Day in Cincinnati.